Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening, and he developed the reconnective healing process. Their website is thereconnection.com, and they are offering an online level one class called The Portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light, and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace, and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're going to put that in the show notes, and that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level 1 course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it. Send me an email. Would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I have a lovely guest from the Northeast, which I love because we're both on Eastern Standard Time. And my author and guest today is also an energy practitioner. Her name is Pamela Aloya. And she is also an author. She has focused the last 20 years on individual and collective energy healing. In 2003, she opened Soul Angel, an energy center where she has been offering insight and instruction for people to enhance life experiences, expand their consciousness, enhance their intuition, and increase their energetic awareness. Now, she recently released a book, which is actually beautiful. And we're going to talk more about that and of her services and the healing work that she has done. But it's an opportunity for you to really take a different look at yourself when you're in nature and allow yourself to become of it rather than an observer of it. So the new book that she has coming out with uh, beautiful photography is called The Current is Only a Moment. But she's also an author of The Daily Cloak, 52 Pick Me Up, and Nurturing Healthy Change. She is also available for individual sessions and meditations and is a graduate of LaSalle University. So Pamela, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I feel like my audience is just going to eat you up because... (laughs) You have so, so much of like a diverse background and, you know, you're an energy practitioner and you've been helping people heal and working with consciousness studies. And what I really got from reading your book and looking at the pictures and your reflection that you had at each place that you visited really shows that you are a practitioner that is constantly working on herself as well. I I would totally agree. And I was actually going to say something about that too, because as we're helping others 
heal and learn about themselves, we go through the same thing. And we, we can't really help others unless we are doing the, the work ourselves. And it, it introduces us to some places that we may not feel comfortable going all, but it is definitely worth it. And, and I think that also helps make it relatable when we are working with people because we've been through it. So we can understand it a little better and help support them through the process, whatever their process is. Yeah, I'm always so interested to hear people's stories too, you know, about how did they come into their own spiritual awakening and, you know, why is it that you felt called to be an energy practitioner and also an author and a consultant? I mean, there's a lot of different hats that you wear. Yeah, well, my, my story is years ago, I was having a lot of physical issues. I was going to Western medicine and was getting some relief, but not nearly enough. I was taking different medications, which were highly, I, I had a lot of side effects from them. Let's just put it that way. And I figured that just, this just wasn't working. So I looked into a lot of different alternative medicines uh, at the time. And one of the things that really, really helped me was Reiki. After I had taken one class, the Reiki one class, I remember my husband saying to me a few weeks later, he says, you know, since you took that class, you haven't been complaining much about a lot of your issues. And I said, you're absolutely right. So I, I jumped in with both feet at that point. I said, there's something to this. So Reiki helped me clear some of my own energetic blocks. I didn't even know I had. Um, and helped me to become a little bit, well, actually a lot more energy sensitive, which I think has been an, a, a complete blessing. I know it's, it's, it's not easy when you're, when you start becoming energy sensitive and, and you're picking up other things that are not necessarily yours. But once I found out that there was really something to this energy work, I said, I've got to learn as much as I can. And I need to share this with people because there's so many people that were in the same situation that I was in you know, trying to heal themselves with Western medicine, but there's a, there's a whole body we have to deal with. We have our, our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, and our spiritual body, and it's all intertwined. If we don't give our full body that attention, then we're going to have issues. Yeah, I had that experience too. The first time a Reiki practitioner ever put their hands on me, I just had this visceral experience of whatever happened in that one session did more than all years of clinical therapy that I was in. Yes, I do. What what was that? And then I went on to learn it as well. And I've seen it just help so many people. You know, I teach Reiki now to students and it really does. It, It does tend to open up the intuition, the ability to perceive energy, to feel energy more. So I couldn't agree more with, with what you just said. And, you know, the other thing that I'm realizing this year as well, having gone through a couple of, you know, like mysterious illnesses that Western medicine couldn't figure out. And then really taking a look at my emotional body and spiritual body is I'm seeing more and more the connection between our physical health and our emotions. And would love to hear what you think about that too. Yeah, I I agree. There is a direct connection uh, with our emotional health and our physical health. Now I'm not a, I'm not a medical doctor by any means, but I have seen uh, a number of clients who have, once they deal with what's going on emotionally, their physical symptoms either subside or completely go away. It's, it's absolutely fascinating to me. So I think there, there definitely is a, a, a link. And I think our job as healers and helpers of, the, of humanity is to provide those safe places for people to open up because it's not always easy to do that for people. And 
there's not always enough safe places for people to do that without. Yeah. And, you know, this whole concept too, of like our emotions and our physical body, then there's like more of the skeptical side of me, even though I do all this energy work myself that I'm like, okay, but how do you explain hormones, right? When a woman is naturally moving into the stage where, you know, I'm kind of getting there at that point, it's like, is this really about my emotions or unresolved memories or, you know, trauma? It's like, or is there also just like science to this that shows like our bones begin to get a little bit brittle with age or, you know, the physical body really does have this physical component. But then I talk to some people and they're like, it's all about the emotions. Like no matter what, they will tie it back to the emotional self and the physical body. But then there's this part of me that feels like there's also the scientific part of the body also like has been on this planet for 44 years. And of course it's going to deteriorate a little bit. So I don't know if you have any thoughts too, just within your own physical body, your own physical struggles that you've gone through, you're doing the emotional work, but then how much of it is also like just the genetics and the science behind how the physical body you know, yeah, is created. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I've gone through that same oscillation, like what's going on here? You know, I am doing my work, what's going on? But you know, our body holds on to certain things. So having uh, physical reactions and sicknesses is sometimes part of our body just releasing the stuff that we've been holding on to for so long. So that's part of it. The other part of it is I do believe, especially when we're talking about hormones and things like that, there is, there's a lovely woman. I think her name, Dr. Christy Northrup, I believe it is. She has a huge book on menopause and the emotional relationship to the symptoms of menopause, which is fascinating. She also goes into a slew of scientific reasonings and, and different treatments and things like that, a wealth of knowledge. But the way I understand it is that it, it truly it can go both ways. You can have physical issues that cause emotional problems, but more often than not, it's the emotional issues that cause the physical, physical items. And so it's just a matter of us going deeper and deeper. Sometimes that emotional aspect that we need to address has not, hasn't been addressed for lifetimes, you know? So it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get to the root of it and release it. Yeah. And that makes me think too, of what some of my teachers have taught me about some of the ancestral and generation trauma. Yes that each generation is kind of challenged in a way by our ancestors to try to heal, you know, so we that, kind of have, yeah. Yes, that's a wonderful comment. And just as they have given us some things to heal, they've also given us some strengths to, to use to heal. So we have to look at both, you know, a lot of times people are like, oh, I got this horrible thing from my mom's side. Well, you got some awesome things too. So it, it's, it's, it really is a balance. Yeah. So I'd love to know what other energy modalities or things, you know, do you use? I know that you created this. It's the Soul Angel is what it's called. Right. So Soul is an, an energy center. And I call it that because everything is energy. You know, at our emotional body, our thoughts, inanimate objects, we all, everything exudes energy. So once we are aware of energy and what it feels like to us and our interaction and our responses to the energy, we can learn how to maneuver through life so much easier. So some of the things, once I got into Reiki because of my physical issues, I jumped into different modalities. One's called magnified healing, which is near and dear to my heart because it deals with the violet ray, which mm -hmm. purple is my favorite color, and also Kuan Yin. And Kuan Yin is just one of my go-tos. She's, she's awesome. They all are awesome, but I have a special place in my heart for Kuan Yin. Integrative energy therapy, which is a lovely angelic therapy too, I love this because we were just talking about how we hold in emotions into our bodies. 
This system believes that we have negative emotions imprinted in and hold, held by our body in, in different areas. So we, it's actually really going down the spine. So things like guilt and threat, fear, betrayal, all that kind of stuff is held in. So we release that energy and then we replace it with positive energies like innocence and love and safety and forgiveness and things like that. Really powerful. I love that. Also do angelic light weaving, which is just what it sounds like, sending some angelic light and weaving it through to people's physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. Also do past life regression therapy. Also quite wonderful. In fact, for years, I resisted past life regression. I thought it was, I just didn't believe in it. I just didn't believe in it. And then when I had some experiences of of my own, again, same thing with Reiki, I jumped right in and said, we have to share this with everybody because it's great, great healing opportunities for folks. So for, from the from the spiritual side, that that's what I offer, and I also offer um, some other more. I, I don't want to call it practical, but I'm Virgo, so I have a very logical side to myself as well as the spiritual side. So I, I thrive on the logistics, and for the longest time, I would I really wanted to see studies about Reiki because if if a study's been done on it, then that gives you the proof, right? That scientific proof that some of this really neat. So that is, I love the fact that there are studies out there now that do pr- promote that uh, Reiki is very extraordinarily beneficial. I used to volunteer for hospice for a few years way back and it's definitely something I will do again. But it's, it's interesting because I had, I had this one patient I would go see and I guess it was the second time I went to go see her. And I'm driving home and one of the nurses calls me, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? You know? And she says, no, I just want to know if you were here to see so-and-so. And I said, yes, I was. And I said, is everything okay? She says, yes. She says, can you just let me know when you're planning to see her again? Because she was so much easier to deal with after you saw her. So normally she is quite irate and she would not, she would try to fight you the whole time. So I thought that was a very nice affirmation or confirmation that Reiki was, was working for this particular person. So, yeah. Beautiful. So yes. So you have kind of a really nice toolkit. It sounds like a little bit of what I've done too. It's like, I'll experience something and I'm like, I want to learn it. And then I'll learn that technique and then I'll experience something else. I'm like, okay, now I have to learn this. But what's been cool, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this too, is that, you know, each person that comes to you to work with you is so unique. And I feel like the more tools that I have, like I might bring out angelic Reiki for one person and Yusui Reiki for another, or you know, we'll bring out my tapping therapy or eye movement therapy for somebody, you know, else that maybe, you know, angelic Reiki might be like way too out there for, or just doesn't feel like their energy needs that, you know, they need something else. Exactly. Exactly. And, and some people will come up with a specific request and we try to honor that, but most people are really open to, Hey, I feel like you could use this instead. Your, your energy is resonating more with this, just like you were saying. So it really is checking in on your intuition, where they're, where they are and checking in with your guides and angels and saying, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. And just so my listeners know, do you have like a certain specialty or what type of clients tend to come to you or what are they struggling with that you feel you're able to really help people in those areas? I have a variety of clients. So I have some clients who are going through physical issues. A lot of clients uh, who have anxiety and depression and things like that. People are going through life transitions or change. People who are taking care of elderly folks who, who just need some respite because 
I just think that the caregivers probably need a little bit more TLC than so, sometimes the, the person they're caring for. Not always true, but sometimes it is. And then I have folks who will come just because they want to feel expanded, you know, that, that they have nothing specific they want to address perhaps, but they want to have this in their maintenance repertoire, I guess, to, to feel that expansiveness, clear anything that needs to be cleared and feel good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So it's a yeah. So for those of you listening, if that sounds like you, we are going to put Pamela's website in the show notes. We'll kind of get more information towards the end of the podcast, how you can work with her, but just uh, keep that in the back of your mind. Now I was going to move on to a different question, but like I had said to you before we hit record that I just use my intuition and let yeah. spirit feed me. And I hear Kwan Yin saying, I want her to talk about me. And her words specifically are, she really knows me. And I feel like she's going like this on her heart. She really knows me. So I was given a Kuan Yin statue by a psychiatrist for Christmas one year that I used to work in an inpatient psychiatric hospital. Oh wow! And so she, and we, I worked on the children's unit. So she knew that I was into all this energy stuff and she had given me a Kuan Yin statue. And it said that it was like the protector of children, but she's also, I know for compassion and stuff like that. So that was like the like deity or statue I had ever gotten. I was still in my twenties and kind of just getting my yeah. feet wet with Reiki and all that. So I have really come to enjoy the energy of as well, but I don't feel like I know as much about her and the energy as you do, but I feel like she's very present and was like, let Pamela talk about me. Cause again, she says she really knows me. So yeah. Tell me about your connection with Kuan Yin and how you use her energy and what you know about her. It's so I guess to talk about Kuan Yin is really I'm going to talk about Ascendant Masters for a moment. So Ascendant Master energy is, you know, I think it's very fabulous because Ascendant Masters have lived here on earth and they have had the human experience. And since they've ascended and crossed over, we then have the opportunity to work with them and learn from them. And sometimes learning from them isn't really about researching them or having conversations about them. It's really sitting with their energy and understanding what their energy is about. and so you can do this with any ascended master, you know, Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Amora, whoever. And so I think what I've, uh, when I've learned the magnified healing, I just felt this wonderful presence with Kuan Yin. I believe for me personally, especially at the time when I started learning um, about Kuan Yin, is the divine feminine that she exudes and holds and, and, and illumines. Because at the time I was in such a state of doing, constantly doing, doing, doing. And I think that's why I got sick. I was having so many physical issues because I wasn't allowing myself to be. I wasn't focusing on my spirit. I wasn't being present. And I was being definitely focusing more on my masculine side than I was my feminine side. So for, for me, she, she brings in a wonderful, calming, yet strong feminine influence. But Kuan is also seen as male and female. So I know there are different deities that do have specific male, specific female, and some that are androgynous. So she brings in both energies and such a wonderful balance of it. I love the softness and the power that she has behind that softness. Humanity is in such a need of that softness, but it's still being impactful, I think is very important. And that's what she provides. She also provides the ability, you were saying, the compassion and the forgiveness. She is wonderful for that energy. She allows things to kind of melt away, things that we may hold on to either from a mental standpoint 
like, oh, things should be this way and they're not, or feeling that you were wronged by somebody, you know, it, it kind of, she helps wash away any of those thoughts so that you can get to the core essence of the situation and understand that everything is spiritual. Everybody's going through something and everybody really is pure at their core essence if we just wash away all this stuff that's, that we put up. So I don't know if that really answers your question or not, but mm-hmm. that's, uh, it's just, she's, a, she's a wonderful soul. Yeah. Well, and again, I kind of heard her calling loud and clear. It was like, no, this won't be complete unless Pamela speaks for me. So yeah. All right. Let me make sure I can go on to my next question. (laughs) Are we good, Kwanian? Yes. Okay. All right. So speaking of kind of this transition and all of us of humanity really going through just a lot, you know, in the past year. Now you wrote your most current book, right? During this pandemic, 2019 to 2020. Again, I just want to mention the title, The Current is Only a Moment. So why don't you set this up for us to describe? Because it's a very unique book. I've never seen anything like it. You know, it's a really interesting take. And I read tons and tons of books and have tons of authors on. And it was really refreshing and nice because it was, it was simple. There was simplicity to it. It was easy. I can pick up on actually now that I've been reading so many books and doing this podcast, the energy of the author before I meet them. And and I don't know how to explain it, but like I can feel like when I'm reading their words, their energy behind it. And there was something very kind of like slow, calm and steady about the vibration of your book Mm -hmm. and even like stuff that I was reading on your website. I just kind of felt like Sometimes I speed read and I felt like when I was coming to your stuff, it was just like, no, just like slow down, just be steady, simple. It had a cadence to it that was very calming for me. And it felt a lot like water and you have a lot of pictures of the ocean and and water there. So I was like, oh, this is so cool. So can you describe for our listeners why you set the book up like you did and what it is and how it's very different than a traditional I would say, you know, book per se. Okay. Well, first I want to say that the the, uh, response that you had was exactly what we were looking for to kind of slow things down. And that's what I was originally wanting to do when I started writing it. However, I did not intend to write a book. My intention was to, even prior to the pandemic, I felt that I needed something a little different, something to focus on so that I could slow myself down so I could be a little more connected with nature. I love nature and I kind of ebb and flow in my relationship with her. I don't always give her a ton of attention. And I felt that it would be a good thing to just get myself out in nature more. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, okay, this is really what I need to do. So I would go to different places to help me slow down, to help me be aware of what I was feeling, what I was thinking. And nature has always been a wonderful respite for me to do that. But it also forced me to, to look a little more deeply at my surroundings. You know, some places that I, that I, that I went to and that you see pictures in the book are absolutely wonderful and gorgeous, but it also challenged me to see things right outside my door, you know, and find the, the beauty in that moment, regardless of what was going on around me or what was going on inside of me. So if I was having a, a stressful day or whatever, I needed to make the time to go out there and do something. So when, when I started looking back at the photos that I had taken, for myself that I would go back to and say, okay, remember how you felt when you were at this place? I started just journaling about it. I said, this is, this is wonderful. You know, this is how I felt and just kind of reminding myself. And the more I wrote about it, I thought, wow, 
this might be helpful for people, especially going through what we've been going through the past couple uh, years. So that's really how it came about. It, it was not the original intention, but the more I sat with it, the intention was to provide people the ability to connect with nature, maybe a little roadmap to help them connect with nature in order so they could slow down. So they're not getting um, caught up in all the tasks and the things that we have to do. Feeling what we need to feel, especially because so much is going on globally with our work environments, with our family units, everything is changing. So we need to address what's going on inside and finding different ways to do that and being able to do so at our own pace. Yeah. And I loved how organic it was too, because in the beginning of the book, you're like, look, I'm not a professional photographer. I took these pictures on my iPhone. I did, you know. <laughs> And it was like, yes, <laughs> you know, and they were beautiful. They were beautiful, you know, and it was cool because a couple of the pictures, you know, have what we would say like orbs in them, but it is kind of like in some of them, because I would always send pictures like that to Mike, you know, the other um, producer of Path 11. And I'm like, is this an orb in spirit or is this just the sun? You know, sun, like, right. this looks like the sun, but the yeah. sun creates like these really cool images. And there was yeah. one at, at the ocean that you had. And I have a PDF copy, so I can't like show it to the audience here right now, but it was so cool the way that your lens captured the sun and what appeared to be many orbs and blue, blue orbs within these big yellow orbs. It was very, very cool. But it was really nice too, because, you know, we can get so caught up in, in photographs today and the filters. And yes, it's beautiful to look at a professional you know, photograph, but it just felt like when I was reading your book, like I was there with you, you know, it just, it just felt very organic. Like I was really witnessing what you were witnessing through your eyes and it didn't have all of this fancy, you know, stuff that we see now, like on Instagram right. and, you know, right. Right. so that, yeah. that was really beautiful too. And I just wanted to comment on that. Awesome. Now, do you find it when you're going outside, do you see things a little differently or do you find yourself looking at things for something different than you did in the past? Yeah. Well, what I really felt your book did for me, because I'm pretty um, like an avid hiker. I like to hike. I'm outdoors a lot during the week. Yeah. But the shift in perception or the reframe for me or like how I want to go about nature now after reading your book is like becoming more a part of it. Because, you know, it. I that's really what I meditated on and really took home like sometimes it's always like just one sentence that an author has that just hits yeah. me and it's like oh let me think about that for like a year you know where it's like I've always been the observer mm -hmm. I love nature I'm out in nature I'm hiking I'm looking at the sunset oh it's so wonderful but I felt your book took me into each photograph and you were able to take the photograph and create a metaphor mm -hmm. like um I don't have the PDF open right now, but it was one like, let your light shine through or something like that. And yeah. there you were looking at, you know, the sun and the way that it was coming through the lights, but then creating that as a metaphor for yourself and for your own life. So that was so impactful for me. And I actually have a hike scheduled with friends this weekend that I'm like, you know what, when I go out, I'm going to use this technique that Pamela has in the book. And I'm just going to see if I can be one with it. And also not forced to look for those metaphors, but is there something that nature wants to show me that I can apply to my life? And yeah, that was the magic in your book for me. Yeah. It really took me into a different way to look at nature. And I would say I'm like a nature buff. I'm a nature girl. I live in the mountains, you know, but 
I'm like, oh my God, after all these years, I don't think I've actually have been like one with it. I've just been watching it, observing it, appreciating it. Yeah. 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 That is great. And appreciation, I think, is the first step before you start becoming one with it. But yeah, it's beautiful connecting with the the water, connecting with the trees. It's just we are all one, we, and we've forgotten that. You know, it's taking steps back to, towards that as as humanity does it, because I think we're on the way. I think we're definitely on the way of doing that. But I'm glad to hear that. Thank you for sharing your your responses. Yeah, I would love to know: is there one photograph or one chapter of the book? You know that because you have like really beautiful affirmations afterwards. And you were also very thoughtful in, like you had said, you were going to put a title under each photograph, but then you allowed the photograph to be on its own page. So then that the person looking at the photograph could create their own words, but then you had a title and explanation. And then at the very end was like your reflection. So I was wondering, is there one in there that you could share today that we can kind of explain to the viewer like how, oh, sure. how you have this, if you have the book, the book here. Great. And I think one of my favorite ones, the ones that I keep, there's actually, there's so many, but the, uh, the one that came in while you were talking was, I think it's one of the last ones and it is, can't remember the, the title I gave to it, but this is a photo that I've gone back to many, many times. I don't know. Can you guys see that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And those who are watching on Pat 11 TV will be able to see this. So, okay. Awesome. So this is, I think it was really the day that I took this. I was not feeling fabulous about life, you know, and I was having a stressful day, kind of a down day. And this was the one where I had gone to a path that I thought was going to be less traveled and it was packed and I was just really wanting to not be around people, you know? So it was, it was really a nice, a nice rest, but I just stepped off the path and stood by the water and the sun was just hitting the water in such a great way. But the name of it is, do you want, do you want me to talk about the yeah. actual steps? In, okay. Yeah, that'd be great. The, the title of it is, there's always a bright spot and find it. And that was so true for me that day. I was like, really needed a bright spot. When I saw that the way the sun was shining on the water, I said, oh, this just feels good. So I was able to let go for a little while, at least, of the emotional baggage that I was carrying that day. So it was, it was quite lovely. And that was right and not not too far from where it was, it was local for me to 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 that spot. So I I go back to there quite often now. And the reflection that I put for that one is I am open to seeing and acknowledging the bright spot in every situation. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it kind of ties into, I think in the beginning of the book, I talk about upward intention and keeping our thoughts higher. You know, it's being able, yes, life is not great. Life has challenges. Life also has awesome joys and, and wonderful things as well. And here, I think just to find a bright spot, not saying that it it might take us some time to find that bright spot over time, but it's so important to train ourselves to look for the good things in life. I had had a position years ago and we had a a global team together for a quality, was quality manager. And I asked, I started one of the meetings saying, hey, um, we have a lot of kind of problems to tackle today. So the best way for us to do is get us into the right mindset. So we're going to go around and we're going to say, whoever, let, let's all come up with something positive that's happened for us today. And it took people a while to come up with something positive to say. Now, I realize some of them may not have wanted to share everything, but there was one gentleman who said, I can't think of anything positive. I said, well, you woke up today, right? And he goes, yeah, but that's, that's not like a positive. So it, I said, it is. I said, why don't we just do the meeting and then we'll come back and see if you could come up with something positive. 
He eventually did, but it took a very long time. But that to me was huge because we're, we live in a society where we are constantly looking at where we can improve things, what's going wrong, instead of focusing consistently on the good stuff. So that, that was just a huge reminder for me too, that we, we need to find the bright spots and keep looking at them because that's what's going to lift us out of our, out of our funk if we're in it. And it's also going to help us find ways to improve what we need to improve. Yeah. Beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. And you're so right too about we're not really naturally trained unless we're working on that ourselves, you know, and you hear it all the time, practice a gratitude journal or what is your gratitude practice? But the brain's job is really to perceive threat even when there isn't any, mm-hmm. you know, and to look for things that need to be fixed and what's the solution. And it's really interesting that that gentleman didn't even couldn't even connect with the fact that he was alive that yeah. day and woke up. Was yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, yeah, well, that's not, that's not a good thing that I woke up. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Well, it's really been beautiful spending time with you. And I really found your book to be very inspiring. And I know I'm definitely going to use the technique this weekend and probably forever. You know, it's just so amazing how I have people like you who come onto my podcast and, you know, you read a book or you read one sentence and you're forever changed. You know, you really are. Like, I don't think I can look at nature in the same way that I did before I read your book, you know, and I also love taking photos on my iPhone, (laughs) 10,000, and I love taking them of nature, but you really make me want to go back to some of the photos that I took and like, meditate on it and look at it and can I find that message for myself and how can I use it as a metaphor and you know therapists or hypnotherapists or people who like to use a lot of metaphor I actually think your book is a great tool to have in an office that you could show a client that you can read the reflection you know that you wrote and use it as inspiration so there's just there's a lot of depth to the simplicity yes I I agree and they could you you know when you go back to your photos you could create your own you know, your own um, caption, you know what I mean? And it could change. It could change every time you look at it. You might get something different from it. So it's awesome. Yeah. So can you let my audience know where they can find you, your website, and if they would like to book a session with you? Sure. You can find me out on my website is PamelaAloya.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-A-L-O-I-A.com. I'm also on Facebook as Pamela Aloya Author, same as LinkedIn. And I'm also on Instagram as Pamela.Aloya5. So I look forward to, to hearing from any of you. I'm always here to support. Love talking about energy and past lives and books and writing. Um, also helping to support people who are writing a book. Sometimes it's it's a little bit uh, daunting for some folks, but uh, once you break it down, it's, it's not that bad. And it's a wonderful experience to do so. Awesome. And you are in the Philadelphia area still, right? Yeah. Yeah. And are, are you seeing people in person? As well, or and remotely, what whatever is comfortable for folks. Yes, thank you. Okay, yeah, yeah, because we we've got some Philly listeners, so you know they might actually come and see you in person and let Pamela know that you heard about her on Path Love and Podcast. So, and I think that you will. I think you'll hear from a few of them. Excellent. All right. Thank you, April. Appreciate your time today. Yes, thank you so much, and thank you all again for listening. I will bring you another beautiful, interesting guest next week. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now. 